0: Professing Christians know that Jesus gave His life for mankind, but what else do they know about Jesus and why He came to earth as a human being? On today's edition of Tomorrow's World, we'll reveal five forgotten truths about the Jesus of the Bible. Writer Bruce Barton rightly called him the man nobody knows. On today's program, you'll discover just how accurate that description is. How surprising that the world's largest collective religious body claims to worship Him, yet holds so dearly to myths rather than facts. I'll also be offering you a free resource that shows the depth to which the message of the Bible has been corrupted. John 3.16 is perhaps the most famous of all verses, yet one that says something very different from what people think. Our resource, John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse, explains how little professing Christians know about Jesus Christ and the message He proclaimed. So be sure to take down our contact information to receive your free copy of our booklet on John 3.16. And stay with me as I will give five forgotten truths and commonly held myths about Jesus that led to their acceptance. Myths that you were likely taught by the very ones who should know better. warm welcome to all of you from those of us here at Tomorrow's World. Today we'll uncover five forgotten truths about the Jesus of the Bible. And be sure to take down our contact information to order your free copy of our resource, John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. This easy to read booklet explains eight errors people have regarding this important verse, straight from the pages of the Bible. As surprising as it may be, Commonly held beliefs indicate much misunderstanding about the Savior of the world. The first truth is a major doctrine found among some Christian denominations. It's amazing what people accept as truth simply because that is what their priest tells them without ever investigating it for themselves from the only authoritative book about the life of Jesus. So truth number one, Jesus' mother was not a perpetual virgin. The myth that she remained a perpetual virgin has far reaching implications. Scriptures mention Jesus having brothers and sisters, but some allege that these verses refer to either cousins or disciples. What are we to believe? Should we follow traditions handed down to us that conflict with easy to understand Scripture? Or should we believe the Bible? You be the judge. The false narrative of Jesus' mother remaining a perpetual virgin and Jesus having no siblings is soundly contradicted in John, the seventh chapter, beginning in verse 3. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world for even his brothers did not believe in him. So much for brothers referring to disciples. This does not mean that he never referred to his followers as being brothers, only that he had brothers who were not disciples. Another scriptural example of his blood family is found in Matthew the twelfth chapter, verses 47 to 50, where there is a clear distinction between his physical family and his spiritual family. Then one said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. These references to brothers cannot be easily shrugged off. Let's notice another passage on this subject where sisters, that is plural, are mentioned. Matthew, the 13th chapter, beginning in verse 54, relates how citizens in the area where he grew up were perplexed by the wisdom and miracles he performed. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother, called Mary, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, notice plural, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Any objective reader who is not influenced by unfounded traditions recognizes that Matthew, the first chapter, and verses 24 and 25 ought to lay the question to rest. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Although the firstborn son does not necessarily mean that there were others, the inference is certainly there. But more importantly, Matthew's account states that Joseph did not know her till she brought forth a child. The strong inference is that he did know her afterwards. Any student of the Bible knows that the expression did not know her is a euphemism for sexual relations, as seen in Genesis, the fourth chapter. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth my friends instead of blindly following church traditions read the bible for what it says but you may wonder is it important to know that mary did not remain a perpetual virgin and that jesus had half brothers and sisters the answer is yes it is important and i'll give you the reasons in a moment but first i want to tell you about today's free offer john 3:16 hidden truths of the golden verse This may sound shocking, but most professing Christians have little idea what this verse really says, much less understand the message Jesus proclaimed for three and a half years prior to His crucifixion. How can they when it has never been taught to them? This resource uncovers additional forgotten truths about Jesus and His message and it can be yours free for the asking. Most of the forgotten truths concerning Jesus that I am revealing today are the result of pagan-inspired traditions handed down by mainstream churches, but they fly in the face of clear-cut, easy-to-understand scriptures. We've already uncovered one truth, that is, truth number one, Jesus' mother was not a perpetual virgin. Why is this important? What relevance does it have for you? The answer is found in truth number 2, Mary is not our intercessor. Mary was the mother of Jesus and scripture indicates she was a righteous woman, but the role of Mary has been grossly and blasphemously corrupted. Nowhere do we find in the Bible anything about her Immaculate Conception. Non-Catholics often misunderstand thinking that the Immaculate Conception refers to Christ's conception but this biblically unfounded doctrine refers instead to Mary. Here's what a Catholic source explains. The Immaculate Conception is a Catholic dogma that states that Mary, whose conception was brought about the normal way, was conceived without original sin or its stain. That's what immaculate means, without stain. Yet where is the proof of this? Certainly not from the Bible. Where does it come from? What many do not realize is how deeply and how early Christianity was corrupted by pagan doctrines that long predate Christ. Many historical sources show that the worship of Mary came about when traditions about pagan goddesses were transferred to the mother of Jesus. This truth is well established. Here is merely one example from the highly respected church historian Jesse Lyman Hurlbut. Writing about the origin of Mary worship, he says, About 405 AD, images of saints and martyrs began to appear in the churches, at first as memorials, then in succession revered, adored, and worshipped. The adoration of the Virgin Mary was substituted for the worship of Venus and Diana. This worship of Mary has led many to believe that they should pray to Mary Asking her to intercede, to go to Jesus and the Father on their behalf. Why is her intercession sought so much more than that of all the other saints? The simple answer is that Mary's intercession is more powerful than anybody else's. Nowhere in the Bible do we read of Mary being immaculately conceived, nowhere do we read of her remaining a perpetual virgin. We read just the opposite. And nowhere in the Bible do we read of Mary as intercessor between God and man. That role is reserved for Jesus Himself, not Mary, not human priests. He is the one through whom we approach the Father. He revealed that to us on the night in which He was betrayed. We find in John, the 14th chapter, and verse 6 Jesus said to Him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Then in John 14, verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, If you ask in His name, He will do it. You don't have to go to His mother to appeal to Him. And whatever you ask in My name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in My name, I will do it. It's through the name of Jesus Christ, not Mary, that we come to God. There is not one shred of evidence in the Bible for the worship of Jesus' mother. Not a single verse indicates we should use the name of Mary to approach Jesus or His Father. The simple truth is, as many historical sources prove, the cultus of artis Ishtar, and other goddesses have been transferred to Mary. When she awakes in the resurrection, she will be astounded how the worship of pagan goddesses have been transferred to her. When I come back after this short break, I'll give you our third forgotten truth. Doesn't it make sense that if you're going to follow someone, that you know what He teaches? What was the message Jesus proclaimed in John 3.16? You need to know, so pick up the phone or go to our website and order your free copy of John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. The true gospel has been suppressed, even though it is the greatest news ever proclaimed to mankind. As we're seeing on today's Tomorrow's World program, some commonly held Christian beliefs badly miss the mark, even on something as foundational as the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Such is the case with John 3.16. Often forgotten truths are replaced with erroneous ideas which come from pagan traditions and philosophies rather than the Bible. I've already revealed, number one, Jesus' mother was not a perpetual virgin, and number two, Mary is not our intercessor. Now let's look at Forgotten Truth number three, Jesus' gospel is about more than just His death, burial, and resurrection. Now don't misunderstand, that certainly is good news, and good news is what the word gospel means. But what gospel did Jesus proclaim for three and a half years prior to His crucifixion? Why is it that so few know and understand what that message is when it's spelled out so clearly in scripture after scripture? Isn't it strange that churchgoers cannot tell you what the Bible reveals about Jesus' message to mankind? No, it wasn't only about his death, burial, and resurrection, though that is part of the good news. And no, it wasn't about going to heaven. It was about a world ruling kingdom of God to be set up on earth. Here's the beginning of his ministry as recorded in Mark, the first chapter, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Do you realize that most of Jesus' many parables were about this kingdom? For example, Mark the 4th chapter in verse 30. Then he said, "To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it?" The expression kingdom of God is found 69 times in the New Testament of the New King James Version. Obviously, I don't have time to cover them all, but proclaiming this message was one reason Jesus said he was sent to earth. Notice it in Luke, the fourth chapter, and verse 43. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And then there's Luke, the eighth chapter, verse one, where it shows that he took this commission seriously. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. But what exactly is this kingdom that Jesus proclaimed? And what does that have to do with you? Contrary to the widely held doctrine of going to heaven, his message was about a divine family ruling on earth, a family that you and I can be born into. Why, when there is so much said about this in the Bible, do so few comprehend Jesus' message? And this brings us to our next forgotten truth. Number four, Jesus did not teach that the reward of the saved is retirement in heaven. We've pointed this out many times on this tomorrow's world program and in our resources. But let me quickly review this from the pages of the Bible. In a prophecy of the future, Zechariah the 14th chapter in verse 9 tells us and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be the Lord is one and his name one. But Jesus will not be alone in ruling. Revelation 19 and verse 16 tells us that Jesus will be King of kings and Lord of lords, and He has on His robe and on His thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Who are these kings and lords that Jesus will be King and Lord over? Scripture reveals the answer. Speaking of the twelve tribes of Israel, the prophet Ezekiel tells us, I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. When Jesus' disciples asked, what was in it for them for following Him, He gave them this direct response in Matthew 19 and verse 28. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So we have Christ as King over all the earth, David as King over all Israel, and the twelve apostles, each ruling over one of the twelve tribes of Israel under David. That's what the Bible reveals, but what about you and me? What's in it for us? Was Jesus' message to live a good life, jam as much fun into it as you possibly can, and then die, and then go to retirement in heaven? Not at all. The reward He offers is right here on earth to rule with Him and to help solve the problems that exist here below, to bring peace, happiness, and prosperity to all men everywhere. In Jesus' parable of the Minas, He describes himself as a nobleman going into a far country to receive a kingdom. His servants are told to do his work while he is gone. He demands an accounting upon his return and gives rewards according to how each does. Here are the rewards as found in Luke, the 19th chapter, beginning verse 16. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise he said to him, You also be over five cities. Now that doesn't sound like a boring retirement sitting on clouds with little to do, or staring into the face of God in a celestial trance forever, the so-called beatific vision. There's another forgotten truth about Jesus that I want to reveal, and it's probably the most shocking one of all. But before I give it to you, don't forget to order a free copy of our eye-opening resource, John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. On today's program, I'm revealing five forgotten truths about Jesus, but our resource, John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse reveals several more. No wonder Jesus chided the people of His day and our day by asking, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Don't take my word for it. Prove it for yourself by ordering your free copy and comparing it with the Bible. Order it today, and when I come back, I'll uncover a shocking fifth forgotten truth about Jesus Christ. There is no shortage of forgotten truths when it comes to the man known as Jesus the Christ, and these truths can be uncovered in your Bible. So far on today's program, I've revealed four of these forgotten truths. Jesus' mother was not a perpetual virgin. Mary is not our intercessor. Jesus' gospel is about more than just His death, burial, and resurrection and Jesus did not teach that the reward of the saved is retirement in heaven. Our last truth about Jesus is the most shocking of all. The narrative about our Savior is that the one we know of as God the Father was harsh and demanding, but Jesus came with a message of love. Now it's true that Jesus' message was a message of love, but so was the message of Scripture prior to His coming. Remember how Jesus answered the lawyer who asked, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus was quoting from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5 and Leviticus 19 and verse 18. With this understanding, why is it that people overlook this fifth forgotten truth about the Jesus Christ of the Bible, that Jesus did not replace the Old Testament message? As shocking as this may sound, Scripture reveals that Jesus was, get this, the God of the Old Testament. Now don't take my word for it, Prove it from your own Bible. Note what the Apostle John revealed about the relationship between the Father and the One referred to as the Word. John 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. So who was the Word? The answer is found in verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The member of the God family that is referred to as the Word, who made all things, and without him nothing was made that was made, is none other than Jesus Christ. Look it up in your own Bible and read John, the first chapter and the first 14 verses. But that's far from the only proof that Jesus was the God of the Old Testament. Another powerful scripture is found in Ephesians, the third chapter. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Need more proof? Consider Hebrews the first chapter and the first two verses. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, note this, through whom also He made the worlds. Still not convinced? Who was it that created the angels? Who was it that created Adam and Eve, our first parents? Paul answers this in Colossians, the first chapter, beginning in verse 15. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. But there's more. There's no stronger statement than found in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and in the first four verses. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and note this, and that rock was Christ. No wonder Jesus claimed to be Lord of the Sabbath. He was the one who created the Sabbath for mankind. Today we've rediscovered five forgotten truths about the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus' mother was not a perpetual virgin. Mary is not our intercessor. Jesus' gospel is about more than just His death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus did not teach that the reward of the saved is retirement in heaven. And Jesus did not replace the Old Testament message. Why are these truths replaced with myths that are promoted in our modern churches when the truth of the Bible is so clear? That full answer will have to be saved for another telecast. In the meantime, be sure to order your free copy of John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. Cast off pagan mythologies and discover the forgotten truth Jesus proclaimed in this very important verse. And be sure to come back next week when Stuart Wachowicz, Michael Haykoop and I will continue to share with you the revelation of Jesus Christ, the good news of the coming Kingdom of God and the exciting end time prophecies and their meaning. So be sure to join us right here next week at the same time.